With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Welcome to Wrestling Daft The Marks. Um, hailing in from Larbert, weighing in 183 pounds, though I think I might be a bit heavier now. The scales have kind of moved up after a lot of beer drinking. Uh, I'll, I'll double check in with you next week, however. Uh, at the moment, £183. I'm John, um, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this very show, and with me as ever, a man who's bigger than Jeff Hardy's list of DUIs. It's Big Alex. Have I used that one before? Probably. Aye, we've definitely used that definitely. before, aye. <laughs> oh, damn it. I, I'll, I'll think of something better for next week. It's not, I'm meant to be off... Uh, this week and I've, I've just been up to my eyes with work so apologies for that poor intro Alex I think you should apologise more to your wife rather than me I can survive with a poor intro I think she'll just want her husband back for a couple of days this week we'll wait you should have said that bigger than AJ Styles new bodyguard yes I should have said that I should have said that maybe factually inaccurate though where have they found all these seven foot men from all of a sudden because him and Fabricato like it's just they just seem to be pulling them out of the ground but well, this one is the same one. They're just reusing them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that when we get to our buddies and putovers from Raw, I'm sure. Uh, and with Alex, the man you hear right there. Um, now, a man who is a bigger hack than Jordan Pickford's on <laughs> Virgil van Dyke. Uh, he's also a Liverpool supporter, so I threw that one in for him. It's Gary Cassidy. Ah, uh, yeah. Way to bring me down before we even get into the rock stuff. That's it. Uh... Sorry, <laughs> mate. I know. Uh, I felt sorry. I felt sorry for you there at the weekend. I was going to, me- going to message you that uh, penalty in the last. Uh, well, the goal that should have been the last minute. Big Virgil ruled out. I the two dodgiest decisions I've seen for a long time. But ah well. Well, apart from least, anything that we see refereeing wise and wrestling, of course. <laughs> well, at least you didn't do a Tottenham and concede three goals within eight minutes. So it could get worse. Aye, that that's is that is true. very true. Um, football daft, this is not. This is wrestling <laughs> daft, of course. Um, how's your week been in wrestling, guys? Ah, uh, it was good until last night. <laughs> right, Gary obviously watched Raw last night, so uh, that'll be interesting in the buddy and put over. Alex, you had the big G one climax as well. So. Mine was great. Mine was really good. I mean, it was slightly anticlimactic in the end, but it was very good. It was a good weekend. That's well, not that's... good for something called the climax. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a surprising one, isn't it? But I'll get to that. We'll get, we'll to, get that. to that because we've got turning Japanese on the show a bit later on. Um, as Gary hinted that um, Raw was a bit of a, a nightmare last night, and I'm sure he'll be having plenty of buddies and putovers um, with that later on when we go to the shows. We're once again on the Wrestling Daft Raft, heading to Fantasy Booking Island. Uh, we'll find out who booked the best inter-promotional drafts um, after we set that task last week. Um, and lots of other stuff we'll have all the latest news reviews and views from the world of wrestling as ever but first let's cut a promo shall we i have a lot of things i want to get off my chest right you know 
there are two sets of people in this world, and I want to cut a promo on one set of people. See when you're I'm gonna put this out to you guys first. How do you make a cup of tea? Depends on the situation. But well, right. well, now this pot. is this is this is probably pulling into my hands. How do you make a cup of tea, Alex? Normally with a pot, but if it's if I'm in a rush, then I'll put it in a cup. <laughs> Right, okay, that, that's I, I thought you meant the method of... Uh, the method is what I'm getting at here, yeah. right. How do you... If you're putting it in a cup, how do you make that tea? Tell me. Just go through the process. Well, I put the tea bag in, then I put yep. the water in, yep. and then I let it stew for like five yep. minutes. Then I remove the bag, and then I put in the milk. Excellent. Well done. You are not going to feel my wrath today. Uh, however, five minutes to, to leave your tea bag in is far too long. I'm a stewing man. I love it nice and stewed. Oh, I'll sometimes, I'll sometimes go to like seven that, or eight. That's oh, the old day for a better cup of tea. Statement, uh, uh, you put the spoon in it and it'll stone up. Uh, that, that's that kind of method. Oh, that's... Exactly. that's Two, two and a half minutes, two and a half minutes. Tom. I just like flavouring things, you know? <laughs> okay, okay, fine, fine. Gary, do you concur with Alex's method of making tea? So I've actually recently stopped drinking milk, but when I do drink milk, that is that is the way I do it. Otherwise, I just have black tea, uh, but I also drink a load of flavoured tea. As, uh, I've got a feeling you might cut a promo on that as well. No, 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 flavoured tea, teas, I am not cutting a promo on. However, there are... Certain people in this world, now somebody made me a cup of tea the other day there, and they put the tea bag in, they then put the milk in, and put the boiling water in. I was I like, hold it. on a minute, <laughs> what are you doing here? Now there are people out there that, that have used this method, and for you, this promo is just for you. Stop it right now, that is an unacceptable way of making tea. You should never, ever make tea. You go into any forum, any expert, they will tell you the proper way to make tea, and that is not it. Putting in the milk with the tea bag, with the boiling water, that is the sign of pure and utter laziness. Stop it's, it now. It's also kind of impossible to make the tea right because you can't judge what tone Absolutely. the is going to be. Because for me, it's all about getting the colour right rather than anything else. And then you know, I know it's going to be a good cup of tea. Is yeah, and you need the temperature. Like, it needs to go up to that boiling water. And if you put the uh, milk in, milk. it just brings it down before it even... It never, it never gets there. So I'm glad um, you guys have passed the test, but I'm sure many listeners out there use that method to make tea. Honestly, it's going to change. It's going to blow your mind when it comes to tea. It tastes so much better. Here's the way to make tea. Cup, tea bag, boiling water, pour leave for two and a half minutes or five minutes if you want it like Alex. Then add the milk to your level of what you want to see the tea like. It could be dark like a builder's tea or you could have it nice and milky. But that is how you make tea, people. And that person that made that cup of tea for me, you are on a real card right now. So make your tea the proper way, people. That's what I'm saying this week. So five minutes in, we've talked about no, football we... and tea. This is a great rest. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Once again, it's time to return to the land who brought us the Honda, the Nissan, the Suzuki, the Mazda, and the Toyota. Jesus, the Japanese love making cars, don't they? And um, once again, we're going to turn Japanese as we bring you what was the climax, or maybe the anti-climax, of the G1. But first, of course, I have to bring you a wrestling catchphrase from Japan. 
and it's dead easy this week because I think this might be our final uh, turn in Japanese until Wrestle Kingdom. So here we go, guys. I think you're going to get this. It's a Japanese wrestling catchphrase, and it simply is Nanny, not the footballer. What? Correct, Gary Cassidy! <laughs> That's one of the few Japanese words I know. <laughs> Excellent. So when you hear Nanny at our Japanese show, you know exactly what's going on. They're not chanting for the once Manchester United attacking midfielder. They are actually saying what? There you go. Um, on that Portugal international football team. Who's yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, Alex, before we get into the G1 Climax, our friend of turning Japanese, who might be slightly disappointed that the feature's getting dropped until Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Neil Gow's been back in touch, guys. Um, just to say this, um, permission to rename Ishii to Tomohiro amongst men after his victory over Jay White. <laughs> That's good, I like that. I like that. Love the cheer from the crowd as well after they spent the whole tournament in silence by the quest. Just showed how perfect an ending to the A block it was. And Ibushi versus Tashi Taishi was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Something I wouldn't have imagined myself seeing at the start of this tournament. Neil, big fan of turning Japanese. Um, Alex. Right, so Neil, big shout out to Neil for bringing up the Ibushi Tai Chi match because I was thinking of the best way to bring that up. So it was 15 minutes of them kicking each other really, really hard in the leg. And right. It was amazingly enjoyable. And it was it was hilarious. It was brilliant. And they both looked like they were in so much pain by the end of it. And like they were both given their post-match interviews, barely able to stand. But it was it was actually really, really good. So thanks, Neil, for allowing me to mention that. Excellent. So what's what happened now? It's talking before we get into that, John. Did you just did you just refer to can you just give me that little spiel about the car makers again? Because I don't think you quite realize that that's just Japanese people's names. There was also a point in this where uh, it completely like gave uh, the rocket strap to Mitsubishi last week and they were the only car manufacturer they mentioned and then they've been buried this week because they were the only one they didn't <laughs> mention. Oh man, but man, Mitsubishi have just uh, on a retribution. <laughs> Kawasaki is Kaz, Kaz, I can never say that one as well. Kawasaki, Kaz, Kawasaki oh, I missed out them as well. So yeah, Honda, Nissan, Suzuki, Mazda, and Toyota. They're just people's second names in Japan, John. Yeah, but that's car manufacturers. Know, but it's just the way you're immediately associating them to the car manufacturers rather than a name. It's you know, like if there was a McAnally car brand, all right, okay, straight to the brand. Right, I mean, it's just, it's just if you see standard you thing. If you say someone to uh, Nissan, what are they immediately going to drop, jump to? Someone's second name or the car manufacturer? I don't think, I'm not sure I've ever heard of a Nissan. I think that you've picked the one that maybe isn't a second name. <laughs> okay, <one>. then. <laughs> there you go, right. Anyway, they're cars. Um, what happened at the G1, Alex? Well, Alex was wrong for, for quite a lot of it. So as Neil has started summing up, night one ended quite dramatically. So first of all, we had... <clears throat> We had Ibushi versus Taichi, and then we had Osprey versus Okada, where I was correct, and Osprey did go over Okada, turned heel, and started himself a fancy new little faction with um, a gentleman who I believe they're calling the Great Okan, who'd recently been doing a stint over in Rev Pro in the UK. And it just seems that his whole gimmick is he's a Mongol, and I think in Japan, if you're a Mongol, then you're automatically a heel. So it's, it's fine. It's cool. I'm, I'm okay just very glad you've uh, pronounced the L there because for Scottish listeners that can have a different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> so that was so we ended up having uh, the so the final match of the night was Jay White just needed to beat Ishii and as Neil pointed out, 
Jay White lost. So uh, Abushi ended up winning on countback because he had beaten Okada and uh, White. So we have Abushi in the final. Then moving on to night two, we had Tetsuya Naito lost to Kenta. I've been waiting for Kenta to do something in this tournament, to be honest. He's been flying a little bit under the radar. So that means he now owes three title shots, one to Kenta, one to Sonata, one to Evil in the build-up to Wrestle Kingdom. And it also meant that the winner of B-Block would go to the winner of Sonata versus Evil, in which Sonata eventually triumphed in that match. That was all right actually i'm kind of being a little bit underwhelmed by both of them in the ring for the this whole year which was then compounded when we got to the final on the final night of between abushi versus sonata which was a 35 minute match and it just seemed to drag it's as if they took the 20 minute formula they had and tried to stretch it over a bit longer to make it feel a bit more epic for the g1 final in which in the end abushi won and I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say that I'm genuinely surprised if I'd Kota Ibushi win the G1 two years in a row, especially after he lost at Wrestle Kingdom last year. So it kind of now makes him a bit of a shoe in to win Wrestle Kingdom this year, maybe, you'd think, because he's now had two G1 wins in a row and to win the G1 twice in a row and not win the belt just seems a little bit, a little bit silly booking to me. But it was good, and I think they should have some good... Uh, to build to a good match between Abushi and Naito at Wrestle Kingdom, so it should be it should be all good. I was even more surprised Sanada went through because, like, as soon as uh, Jay White didn't go through, I'm going, oh, well, they're going to do the evil goes through and then Bullet Club either turn on him or help him or something. And it was like, oh no, wait, we'll just have Evil's old tag team partner. Well, they <laughs> seem to be. I'm not sure what they're doing with that because they had they were kind of they suggested. They could be having Jay White maybe turn on Evil, or there was a little bit of dissension there, and then you would Jay White challenge Ibushi for the briefcase after Ibushi won. So you don't really know where they're going with that. And yeah, they potentially start another couple of storylines. They've maybe got Tanahashi going up against Kenta for something to do with a US title belt and things like that. So it was a good, it was a good week. It was a good week. Uh, we've there's some big news come over from. Uh, from up above, they're keeping Wrestle Kingdom at two nights, so I'd be interested to see what they're going to do with that this year, considering last year they built it all around the double gold dash and combining both belts. So whether or not they split both belts, they've got two different main events for two different nights, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, but it should be quite interesting. And are we calling it time on uh, New Japan until Wrestle Kingdom, Alex? I don't think there's going to be enough content to, to work to get to justify an entire segment moving forward, unfortunately. I'm sure when we do the news, if there's big, important New Japan news, I will jump in at the end and shout about it. So well, Going forward, we'll do that New Japan news uh, within the news se section. Uh, but you've got something up your sleeve for next week, haven't you? Yes. Apparently, we're doing the official first launch of WrestleMind the Buzznocks next week. Excellent. I'm genuinely quite excited about this, but I don't know how badly it's going to work. So it's going to be an experiment, and we'll see. So there you go, new feature on the show next week. Uh, WrestleMind the Buzznocks. Correct. It's it's also meant to be a slight tongue twister, so it's a pain in the arse to say. Excellent. I'm glad you put that in there for me. Thank you, Alex. Um, but until the next time we see you for Wrestle Kingdom, it's sayonara for turning Japanese. Every week we take a look back at the big wrestling shows and separate the good from the bad in them with our buddy and put over section of the show. Um, we used to dish out Smackdown to one of our listeners, uh, which is quickly becoming the most popular uh, wrestling show going. Uh, so this week, Rico has picked it up for us. How are you doing, Rico? I'm all good. How are you guys doing? 
excellent. Thank you very much. Um, first of all, we need to get your wrestling credentials, Rico, as we normally do with our guest marks. What have you got for us, sir? My wrestling credentials are pretty rubbish, if I'm being totally honest with you. Um, I saw uh, I saw ICW's uh, Bad Boy Liam Thompson uh, in about 2008 in a place in Pennycook wrestling a match there, and I think he did it in his Achilles. Uh, he's like a, a friend of a friend. Um, and it, like Joe Hendry answered the question on the Reddit Emery, uh, on a Reddit DMA that he was doing once, but that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> I've been watching... <laughs> They watch wrestling since about 1993, I think. Like, I got a uh, a copied videotape of SummerSlam. Uh, that was the year that was uh, it was, was it Yokozuna versus Lex Luger in the main event, and uh, the end of the video was cut off. So I didn't know the end. Of that. <laughs> I you should have seen John's that. face light up at the mention of that main event as well. Like, How are you talking, <laughs> man? How are you talking? Yeah, you, you're, you're in the club. You're in the club. I, I need Absolutely. to jump in and say Liam Thompson might be the best interview I've ever done, and I couldn't actually put half of the interview uh, because oh, really? I was writing for Sportsgeed at the time and they didn't like anything that wasn't a PG. Oh, uh, right. So I need to try and dig out that interview and see if we can put it on this show because it gave me like hundreds of brilliant stuff. And it was one of the interviews where I phoned them, like thinking, right, we'll get this over and done in five minutes. And it was about half an hour of chit chat before we even got into the interview. So it was, <laughs> it was like one of my favourite guys ever to interview. Right. He's absolutely brilliant. I uh, need, need to get him on the show. Definitely need to get him on the show. So yeah, you put your past wrestling credentials absolutely fantastic. Um, oh. uh, you're going to do smart down for us, but let's first of all kick off with Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite. Well, we had a week of many, many questions. We had MJF getting more excited over Jericho than I've been known to get over Sonny Kiss's arse. And we had Nero <laughs> and utterly forgetting how to apply his own finishing submission without maintaining kayfabe. Though I did like his little scream at the end when he shouted, good friends, you break my shit. So he almost <laughs> made up for it, slightly. We also learned something very interesting about Chris Jericho. And that's that he doesn't actually have a soul because he doesn't like Animal Planet. I mean, who, who doesn't like Animal Planet? Please justify that to me, Chris. But on to the actual wrestling, as always. I'm going to start with my pullover, because, with my first pullover, because it's a man that deserves it. He's been, he's a pillar of the AEW brand. Tony Schiavone, because this week he got his boobies out on national television. <laughs> if, if you missed it, there was a... A nice wee segment where Britt Baker took him to a spa weekend and Tony had a great time. He said on commentary later he was having the best year of his professional career. And he even then forgot, said something, what was it? Uh, I've been doing this job since 1992. So he also forgot which company he worked for and still thought he worked for WCW. So <laughs> that's a lovely guy. I love Tony. He's great. Um, first bury of the evening. Now, John, this one, you're going to appreciate this because... Basically, I want to bury AEW for their lack of consistency because they've obviously not been listening to this show. Now, my big highlight here was they went on in the opening contents, content, contest that was the tag match between FTR and, um, and Best Friends. And basically, they went on a lot about how this was a full 60-minute time limit match and not a 20-minute brush with greatness. Flip forward to the TNT title match, and the TNT title match is suddenly only 20 minutes. Could could someone explain why that is the case and why that just kind of like came in, in at the end? 
And also, annoyingly, that's the match that you could have watched for a lot longer than 20 minutes and it was capped at 20 minutes. <laughs> it just seems so silly. Like, they just kind of booked themselves into a corner with it. And then, yeah, and, and Cody Noir seems to have died. <laughs> like, he didn't show up this week. We had Cody Blonde again. So that's that's gone in the bin, unfortunately. That, that poor man's hair. That's a... Uh, I've taken a pounding. <laughs> it truly is. Just make a decision. Stick with it. And then Miro came out with his bleached hair at the start of the show as well. So we've now got two guys with bleached hair. So maybe they're going to be a new tag team. Maybe that's the long-term story with Miro. The maybe that's going to be a match. <laughs> the battle to see who gets the right to the bleached hair. <laughs> like there's that's actually quite a doable storyline. Oh, the way the way is going at the moment, you know, we've had fights over minivans, we've had a fight over an arcade machine this week as well. So you know, it's just not uh, inconceivable. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too hot on the Miro stuff, but I'm trying to give him a bit of time to break himself back in. So I've recovered that... from the best man, but I'm still getting over the failed game over. But what can you do? Can I jump in <laughs> super quick? Really, really Sorry? quick. Can I jump in super quick? Yeah, yeah, of course. About Miro. I, I, I just don't get Miro. I don't get Rusev. I never did. Like, I, I must be one of the only people in the world that, like, doesn't, doesn't really doesn't really appreciate him maybe as much as everybody else does. I love him. I think there's always been something missing. And I think everyone's really guilty of thinking the something missing was, like, some kind of creative control he wasn't getting in WWE. But... I think we might be learning that might not be the something missing yeah. <laughs> the more we see him now. And, and seeing uh, him in the ring as well, like I think he's starting to be found out a little bit compared to a lot of the other guys. Or I mean, I know he's not been wrestling for a while, but it, it just doesn't look as on it as a lot of them. Now he's in the ring with them and not working that WWE style. And did he was he pretty much an NXT prospect from the beginning of his um, wrestling he, career as well? He's never wrestled on television. He wrestled a couple of matches in, I believe, Virginia. Uh, and yeah. in an indie promotion before he signed to NXT. So he's never been on TV elsewhere, and he's only wrestled a handful of matches outside of WWE. I think that's I think that's going to be a really difficult hurdle for him to get over. When you look at how some of the other guys have plied their trade, mm. I think it's only going to get... it's That margin's just going to get bigger and bigger. So he's got probably a couple more weeks to really get himself over, or he is just going to slip straight right down the card. This is something that I think, if I say this, it's going to get me in a lot of trouble, but I think it says a lot considering how um, someone else that I think has looked really good since leaving WWE that's only been in that system in AEW is Ty Conte. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she's really taken to like being able to adapt and looking really good in the ring, but it might be an expectations thing. Maybe it's just higher expectations for Miro than it is for Ty Conte. But I can already see it now. People will call me an idiot for that. So... <laughs> Well, it's be, I think putting him in the tag division is not helping as well, as I know they sometimes use that to mask other things, but I don't think Kip's too much of a tag team wrestler. I know he was doing the stuff with Jimmy Havoc before, but Kip, again, doesn't stand out to me with a tag team wrestler, so they're just putting themselves in a bit of a foot. So, yeah, thanks for giving me an extra berry there, Rico, and saying what we all <laughs> Now on to my second berry. One thing that is worse than Rusev's start to AEW Lance Archer's new gear and that blonde bleached hair thing. He looks oh, like a firework go. chicken. It's Only ridiculous. <laughs> and he looked like he put himself all up to win the gold and he didn't win the gold and it was just disappointing. And yeah, I, yeah, just get it changed. Get it in the bin along with Tully's jacket. <laughs> um, but more importantly, onto the biggest putover. The biggest putover I've ever had the joys of putting over on this show. And that is the UK's fucking taste in wrestling. 
considering that AEW is the number one show on in the entire UK wrestling landscape. So stick that by, up by quite a bit as well. By quite yeah. a bit. That and is. it's on ITV4. People actually go to ITV4 to watch this. I mean, when was the last time you went to ITV4? Oh, there's always a James Bond movie on ITV4. Right? <laughs> yeah, when you're fucking across the channels, just go to ITV4. You're bound to find a James Bond movie on there. Oddly, I think it would be perfect for ITV2 after like Family Guy or American Dad or something. I think it would capture a big audience for that. But but the main thing that like because I don't watch it on ITV, I never I've actually never seen it on ITV. Yeah, I've, I've always got it on fight. Think, fight. Yeah, and I don't even watch it live all the time. But I still always go to fight to watch it. So I'm thinking just the fact that. That is five times as many people as what's watching Raw. Oh, sorry, NXT. Um, and twice as many as Raw and twice as many as SmackDown. And even that, it and looks Raw like the impact number is the same as uh, Raw. It's like, man, that's crazy. And BT Sports did a really good job of repositioning WWE compared to how Sky had it as well. Like, I remember yeah. Rudo on the podcast was putting it over heavily like months and months ago, and they still do quite a good job of it. So, yeah, good Good on your eyes, people. Good on your eyes. You've made me a very happy man this week. Well, so watch- apparently we're negative about AEW every week. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. I watch all my AEW from ITV4. I record, oh. it, and I record it and watch it on a, a Saturday. So there we yeah. are. There I'm also uh, I'm going to preempt one of Alex's putovers for next week because on this week's uh, AEW Dynamite, we're going to have Jackass's steve Come on, that's that's an instant put over on the map. I'm I'm looking forward to it. The last time I saw Steve was when he was Snapchatting him illegally climbing up, free climbing up some kind of large structure with a blow up whale to protest. Yeah, he's he's done. He he duct taped himself to a billboard like a few months ago, but it's um, Darby Allen. The video went up last night, and Darby Allen has a body bag that says face of TNT, and they're in a skate park. And Steve-O kind of promotes the match, says, man, even I think this is stupid, pretty much. And it's, it points to the top of the half pipe after Darby Allen snatched the body bag and then the video cuts off. So apparently we're going to see Darby Allen skateboarding off a half pipe and a body bag on Dynamite. Christ. And obviously I'm assuming, I'm not sure if we've discussed this on the news, but there's the big rumour is obviously Darby and Kenny are going to be the big focus of year two of AEW. So Gary's going to be a very happy man. Yep. We should probably move on from AEW. It seems to have been on this for a while now. So I'll just give you my match of the night, yes. which is FTR versus best friends. And there wasn't a fucking weenie in sight. And Chuck's got a great new pink jacket. Moving on. Excellent. Pink jackets. We we'll always get into the fashion on this one. Uh, right. NXT um, from Wednesday. Again, Starting to move again, like I said, the momentum starting to gather a bit of pace on on NXT now. Um, start over with the the putovers. I like the fact they're kind of. I don't know if they are, but Gargano and Theory had a great match. Um, Austin Theory again. I've I've talked about him the last couple of weeks. I think he looks like a real star of the future. Had a really good match, probably the best match he's had in NXT with Johnny Gargano. Who obviously Johnny Gargano can make a lot of people look great. But there was a little hint at the end of the match, a little nod of acknowledgement from Gargano. I am completely on board with an Austin Theory Gargano kind of team up because um, I think that would be really good for both um, in terms of the rub on Theory. And you know, to support Gargano in this Gargano way kind of gimmick. He could that he's do doing. It. Like storyline wise as well, he could be like, I'm Mr. NXT and I want to pass my legacy of NXT onto the next generation. Yeah. So he, he do it, I absolutely. I, th- I think that would it would work really, really well, actually. Um, you know, you 
there's a hints of Indy Hartwell as well kind of join that. So a nice little faction maybe brewing there. So um, yeah, putting that over. But I might, it might have just been a kind of nod of acknowledgement. But I think that's going somewhere. Um, let's go with the buddies. And I don't... Imperium went in a really good, decent match between Imperium and uh, Lorcan and uh, Birch. But you just feel sorry for Lorcan and Birch because they're a great team. They've got a great dynamic, great look but never seem to get anywhere. They're always the, the guys that people voted to get put over. I mean, because they make a lot of teams look good. And then to have... Um, I'd argue that that was being Imperium sorry, as well. Undisputed, oh, yeah, sorry, undisputed era. It's an undisputed era, you know. Yeah, undisputed era. Do they really need the titles back on them so soon? Or they do they just... The titles again. They're already made. There's no... I don't know. Who cares about putting the belts on them? I, don't, I mean, I don't I think Brizango need to keep the belts. I mean, that's they're, they're building obviously to Brizango versus Undisputed Era, but no, Drake and uh, Kelly and Dane need the belts. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll be using they'll use Undisputed Era to put over uh, Brizango. Do you not want to see that match? Like, that's no, I do. I do. What's the standard of NXT tag team? And if you take yourself seriously as a tag team, you have to beat them. I, I guess so. I guess so. I just feel sorry for Birch and Orkin that because they, they are really good. And you know, when the main roster's struggling for tag teams, you think just stick them up onto the main roster because they, they would do you know a, they would do business there. You know, you know, can't because internationally, at least one of their two entrance hand signals means something offensive. <laughs> <laughs> true that. True that. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll buddy that. The other uh, buddy before we move on to my final put over is. I gone. I'm. I'm. I can't believe I'm doing that again. Shotzi, that stupid voice you put on at the end. Oh no! no, oh, no, no, no. I know it's Halloween. <laughs> putting on this witch's voice, and we're going to have to put up with that for the next couple of weeks, aren't we? You know, I love Shotzi. I love her in-ring work and stuff like that. Not so keen on this whole witchy, oh, calling <laughs> thing that she's doing. So, yeah, poor shot. See, as much as we love her on this show, yeah, we have to, to bury that. It'll all be gone come the 1st of November, John. It'll be okay. Yes, and final put over, you know, my Gary mentioned them there, the continued rise of Dane and Maverick together. We need to, what were they called? I loved it. The, was it Furry and Fury? They were calling themselves <laughs> as a bad team, which I think's brilliant. It's just... I mean, against the shows, I mean, what WWE were thinking of, even thinking about releasing Drake Maverick, um, you know, we know it wasn't a work, but, I mean, he's just comedy, and that's, like we said last week, it's something that's missing from wrestling these days, it's a bit of entertainment, something to put a smile on your face, and this team will, you know, you know, if it comes to uh, Dane and uh, Maverick versus Brizango, that is going to be a, a hell of a good laugh, isn't it? Um, so Maybe too good of a laugh. It might be too good of a laugh, so I'm really looking forward to, to, to see where they continue to go because it, it's really, really good. And uh, match of the night, I was going to give it to Candice and Shotzi, but I think I have to go back to Gargano and Theory because I really enjoyed that. So that's probably my match of the night. Let's move on to Rico and SmackDown. Uh, I, I really enjoyed SmackDown this week. I thought it was a, a good show overall. Um, and I've got a couple of putovers and a couple of sort of minor buddies um, the first put over and it's probably a controversial one it might be I don't know um, the majority of people's opinions on this but the New Day has been split between both brands um, I, I feel like I feel like that's going to 
two of them are a bit of good. Like they've been together for six years as a trio and they've probably done about as much as a trio can do for the time being. Um, and it, it feels like maybe focusing on how they got on apart uh, might add a new element to the, their overall story. Like it gives them a chance for some long-term booking and like even though you know, trusting WWE's long-term bookings like trusting a toddler behind the wheels of a rally car. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it might work this time. You know, there's potential for intertwining stories between bands, like uh, between the brands like Opposing Teams at Survivor Series, uh, potential for Biggie getting saved from a beatdown in the Royal Rumble by Woods and Kofi. You know, it's like it's like a sort of a support when and if necessary for Biggie rather than every week on his march towards inevitably challenge for the Universal title. And you know, if it takes on Roman for um, the Universal title, and I'm sure I read somewhere that they were planning um, a faction between Reigns and the Usos. Um, if that happens, then again, it's more potential for storytelling um, at the bigger events where you'd have Roman and the Usos versus the entirety of the New Day. You know, the New Day and the Usos have got a lot of chemistry and a lot of respect together. Um, you know, that might lead to Roman's downfall with the title, you know, maybe maybe they walk away from him if uh, you know Biggie and Roman are uh, having a match at WrestleMania or something and um, they kind of decide it's too much and everybody you know, just kind of leaves Roman to it. But um on the other hand of things for the uh, for Kofi and Woods, um it kind of elevates the tag division hopefully a little bit on Raw and hopefully as you're saying earlier, John, like it might um Cause to attract more teams to the like your uh, like your Birch and Borkins. I mean, that'd be a pretty heavy hitting rivalry for the new day to have. Um, plus, I'm actually I'm, I'm really interested to see if we get like some sort of a revival of um, Xavier Woods' weird little um, thing he has with Bray Wyatt. You know, ages ago where Bray, Bray Wyatt was like in control of him doing mind stuff, uh, mind control stuff. I don't know what it was, but. That, that was interesting. I think, um, yeah, that's, that's my first put over the night. Um, and I hope it hopefully it works out well. For yeah, I, I, th- I think a lot of people would rather they went out and split the new day like that. Because I agree. I, I mean, they can't do much much more. And you, you've got to give that biggie that little push. And I think he'll be great as a singles competitor, as he's shown already. But, you know, you'd rather see them do it that way than split them in a heel turn or, or whatever. I think because they've built so much, you know, credit with, with everyone. You know, they don't work really. They wouldn't. Neither one of the three would work really. I don't think as a heel. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that's the route they went down. And I think it just shows that sometimes friendship transcends wrestling. I'm also picturing <laughs> that moment where um, if Big E does it, now he gets to actually do it on his own, which he should because he is, you know, a big guy. We know that he's he's brilliant. But now that moment where he does it on his own and then Kofi and Xavier run to the ring to celebrate with him is going to mean a lot more. I think that's going to be yeah. a, a good moment if it happens. And I have to say, I don't know if it's going to be your match of the night. I won't put words in your mouth, Rico, but I thought that was what a brilliant set. I thought it was a brilliant match. I really, really enjoyed that um, New Day versus uh, Sheamus, Cesaro and Nakamura match. That was tremendous. Aye, it was brilliant. It's it's actually not my match of the night. Oh, right. I am afraid. Oh, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm going to put my, my two buddies between uh, between the putovers, and they're both, they, as I say, they're both kind of minor. But um, the first one um, came at the top of the show. It's the commentators during the Lars Sullivan uh, Jeff Hardy match. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong. 
his, I, I don't know if they've given Lars Sullivan a nickname yet, <laughs> or, or or was it the freak, which is like fifty million times in five Oh million. Jesus! <laughs> it's unbelievable. And like, if you're showing wrestling to somebody for the first time and they see Lars Sullivan and don't know about his uh, personal life or anything like that, they might think, "Holy crap, this guy's, you know, he's he's a big dude." What's his name? The freak. Cool. But, right, the freak. Okay, right. Okay, I've got it. Right, I don't like him anymore. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just ripping but, off Rob Terry from TNA back in the day because he used to be the genetic freak. So there's your TNA okay. reference for the day. Excellent. Well done. Point for you. It's a watered down WWE freak then. But, uh, but Corey Graves said something else as well. It, it, like when when uh, Lars Sullivan hit the freak accident on Jeff Hardy and he, he just got up. And Jeff Hardy went up to the top rope and uh, Cody Graves went, aye, oh, Jeff, you're going to have to call an audible. And I kind of thought, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why? Like that, it's like pulling the, pulling the curtain back, but yeah. like, way too much. And it, it stuck it like a sore thumb for me. Uh, and then, like, the other part of the commentary that I, I took me right at the moment was uh, just prior to the Street Profits, Street Profits and Ziggler and Root match, where Cole, like, as cheerfully as you like, says, Hell in a Cell is sponsored by Skittles. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> uh, it's like, I felt like it was, like, quite indicative of how watered down Hell in a Cell maybe feels now. Um, Can we get uh, a rainbow-coloured Hell in a Cell since they've <laughs> Does I would not put it past them. No, no, it's red again. They've stuck with the red cell for this year. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Maybe they'll just have buckets of Skittles to chuck <laughs> each other onto the in the ring. But the other, the other minor buddy, and I suppose it maybe comes back to your point earlier about tag teams as well, John. Um, during the Street Profits and Rude uh, and Ziggler match, I kind of, it kind of became um, a little bit, like a little bit clear that there's not. Uh, there's not a really feared tag team finisher in WWE at the moment, or potentially even NXT. Like, there's nothing um, that would have made anyone feel as threatened as like the 3D did um, years and years ago. And it's like the delightfully named Morning Woods, uh, which Kofi and Xavier Woods pulled off, like the Uranagi into the backstabber, and Rude and Ziggler's spine buster and Ziggler both look pretty devastating. But I feel like if they're going to go with those, maybe they should just like put more stock into them and have them take people out with them and like really put them over as strong moves that should be feared. Um, but I say that's another really minor thing. It's, it's just personal opinion. Do you know it's, it's, um, there is there, you're right, Ulrika. There's what the tendency do because I mean they're struggling for like tag teams, genuine tag teams now. Is when they're throwing two guys together, the tendency is for them both to do their finishers in some sort of combined way, like Cesaro and Nakamura that you've seen there as well. You mentioned actually the new day where it was new. Biggie always did the big end, and then obviously combined that with um, Kofi jumping from the top rope. You're even you're the right. street, street profits as well. There's just a spine buster, and then that really impressive uh, frog splash. Oh, and then no, they're all they're all absolutely you know they're all singles moves. There hasn't been really that um, big tag finisher like you were saying, like the the three D and and quite sometimes. I'm trying to think actually. Can you guys think of anything? The the last one I remember being really excited for, or the last two are now teams that are no longer together. One was the Iconics done a really good one, good one before, and the other one was the Nikki Cross Alexa Bliss like three D, but it was a DDT. But again, they're teams right. that are no longer teams and they're both obviously in the women's division. Uh, the last one for me would be, and I'm going to put over the people that I absolutely love, and um, Gallows and Anderson, the magic killer. Yeah. That's the last one. I remember, and again, it's like the 3D, so <laughs> it's not really... Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you could call the F, was it the magic killer, but they call it now the Goodnight Express, is also very yeah. much like the 3D, and I think what we're finding from this discussion is that people just like the 3D. <laughs> 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 <Not> much. <laughs> 
Uh, it's simple and effective, uh, but devastating. Um, I just my thought- final- does everyone know what the 3D stands for? Because if you don't, then I'm going to be very disappointed. Dudley Death Drop. There we go. That's yeah. fine. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Ricard. Sorry, no, I'm glad, John. I'm sorry, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there might be someone who didn't know and you get to just kind of be that arrogant arsehole at the side. I knew that. I was just waiting for someone else to answer. The <laughs> uh, so final put over for the night was uh, like just the entirety of Roman versus Braun plus the aftermath. Like, I sort of I got bullet points in my notes where like I, I didn't think the winner was ever really in doubt, but they did well to make Roman work for it. Um, the the whole callback to I'm not finished with you with Ron shouting that to when Roman was on the mat and Roman for the rest of the match just kind of going ah, you might want to be Roman like um, stealth low blow debuting his guillotine choke I thought he looked yeah to use the old term look strong he looked really really strong uh, and. Um, once he put Braun down and Braun was like sitting wheezing in the corner, but it was like it was it was picked up. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it was picked up by the by the mics and he, he sounded properly uh, in in uh, in danger. But I think he was just it, blowing out his hole, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it might well have been. I don't no, know. It, it did come across really well, but I think he was actually just blowing out his hole. I, I might have maybe I'm doing WWE a favour and saying like no no no, it was just like Roman hit him pretty hard, who knows? But yeah, it's right. Uh, but Jey Uso, like coming out onto the stage, like, he just had this superb look in his eyes, like he was con- contemplating his impending death. Like hell on a cell, he like he looked properly, uh, properly trepidatious, properly scared, walking down to the ring and um, sort of being being offered a free chair shot and hitting yeah. the face and then being taken out. Like the the dialogue between those two that they, again the mics picked up, I, I just thought was excellent. Um, like Roman, Roman absolutely sounds like a chief. Like he, he sounds like someone that you absolutely would not want to disappoint. Uh, like I, again, like um, his smack talk is simple but effective. And um, I think the difference in the match as well. Um, the way Roman now looks is is complete danger. And um, really, uh, Braun Strowman looked like a big tough dude. And if you met him in an alleyway, like he, he'd definitely beat you up. But if you met Roman Reigns in an alleyway, like, I, I don't know, I feel like you might be skinned alive or something. <laughs> How much harder someone looks without a bulletproof vest, isn't it? Like, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, the storytelling, I think, that's been done between Jay and between Roman is the best in wrestling at the moment. You know, it, it is exceptional. And that whole story oh, yeah. told at the end of the match, just in the ring together, I thought was was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely, and that again, as I say, that was incidentally my uh, my match of the night. Right. Um, just thought it was great from start to finish. I yeah. did. I had a wee honourable mention as well, if I've got time. Absolutely. Just for another uh, put over, um, and it was just during the, the Otis and Sami Zayn segment, like Sami Zayn coming in from the side and just starting to verbally deconstruct Otis, like you know, say he didn't have a girlfriend or a mouthpiece anymore. And Otis, Otis just goes ahead and proves his point and defended himself like someone that's wrecked on a Friday night, like shooing a seagull away from his kebab, just like, <laughs> and pushing him away. I thought, it, I thought it was brilliant. Like, really endeared me to Otis a bit more, even if it was unintentional, but made me laugh. So, absolutely. How do we see the wee Otis taking the belt off the big dog with the money in the bank briefcase? 
I don't, I don't we see don't that happening. Oh, <laughs> it's, either, it's either like Otis is going to do it and it's going to make Roman look even more badass and even, much, even more of a bastard, or um, after that segment, I feel like Otis might go after Sammy's in a continental title now. Can I give you can I give you a bit of fantasy booking here? Give you a bit of fantasy booking. So maybe Jimmy, maybe it's gonna be Jay. Depends how this thing plays out. But Jimmy or Jay kick the fuck out of Roman and in some sort of way, Otis comes down to make the pin. And then the other one comes and uh, uh interrupts the pin on uh on Otis and he loses his money in the bank that way. That's kinda of cool actually. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I wish they'd just let Dolph Ziggler um, wipe him out. Where I think that I mean the story to tell back when they were doing all that, let him cash in. Dolph Ziggler appears for nowhere and super kicks him. Would have been the the way to go for me. But yeah, but well, but I mean, I mean, they've still got it in the locker. It's a breaking case of emergency thing for WWE. The money in the bank is it's like oh shit, we're struggling <laughs> for storyline this week. OS, come on. What's the something to do with that? No, maybe the Miz wins it often because they're doing that full court case angle. So maybe we get the Miz as the money in the bank holder. That would be good. That would be good. Like you do a lot of stuff with him. Um, right. Okay. Let's move on to Raw last night. We've already kind of touched on it at the start of the show, and Gary doesn't look very happy. I'm going to divulge for a couple of seconds and say just because uh, Rico mentioned them, um, I actually went back and listened to a podcast this week, which was one of the best podcasts I've heard for a long time. And it was Sami Zayn on a podcast called The Blind Boy Podcast. Um, and he spoke, My friends who aren't wrestling oh, fans man. sent me that as well. It, it was someone that I know that isn't a wrestling fan that uh, sent me it and said, have you heard this? And I went, no, nah, I'll give it a little listen. I listened and it was absolutely incredible. So I definitely recommend anybody goes and checks that out. However... Let's bring the tone then because Raw was not good. <laughs> was really not good. Um, the season premiere, Gary. It sets you up uh, for the next season, so it has to be crap because it's like a precursor. It, it wasn't all bad, but most of it was bad. Um, and, you know, I, I love Raw. I've mentioned this. That I, I think I love Raw more than most people do, but it's kind of fallen away recently. This one was one of the worst I've seen this year. Um, however, I'll start with a put over. And I need to put it over because anybody that's listened to this podcast for the last few months will know that I'm going to gloat here and say that we finally got it tied up. The hacker is Mustafa Ali. Yay! We finally tied up the loose ends. We, we got there. I mean, it only took the hacker being off TV for about four months and is uh, <laughs> having Ali as the leader of retribution. But we got there. Cut I'm so happy for you, Gary, because you've and... been championing it for so long. I'm so, I, I saw it in a, your tweets today and I was just like, I'm so happy for you. And the second they done it as well, they done it the right way. Well, the second he finished cutting the promo, the hacker Twitter account, posted a little loading sign and then two seconds later posted the image of retribution all in their masks i was like right i moan about when continuity isn't a thing which is quite often the past couple of weeks we've got a couple of wee strands of continuity so it needs to be put over when it happens <laughs> no one to the berries ah <laughs> uh, I, I don't I'm really hoping you're going to bury something due to a lack of continuity because then continuity is definitely the, the <sighs> name of this week's show. <laughs> See, annoyingly, there isn't even anything that, that lacks continuity apart from, and they've kind of sold it already, they're using a lot of talent that have been switched brands. And I know that they always say, you know, is that farewell? But it's not because it's a season premiere, so it should be the first episode where you're starting with a, a fresh brand um, and a fresh roster. They had... 
way too many. Like the main one was the riot squad turning up, but also the, the other main one is the fact that we had Peyton Royce teaming up with Lacey Evans. Why split up the Iconics if you're going to put Peyton Royce in a tag team? Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but there was a few things that stood out. So again, I'm going to run through them. Rather than giving you two berries, I'm just going to say three sentences that were all nonsensical things that happened. The end, Drew McIntyre broke into the cell to confront Randy Orton and then they just ended the show. So that's not a cliffhanger. That's just rubbish. It's <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, they had... Um, the other one was uh, when... Oh man, I've even forgot it was that bad. <laughs> was it always, um, always, I noticed it always appeared last no, night as well. Actually, I like that. I like that. But so um, I've, I've derailed myself by thinking of how much the. Oh, no, I remembered what it was. I derailed myself by thinking of how much I hated the fact that the cliffhanger wasn't actually a cliffhanger. It just looked like they ran out of time. So the other things were actually, and, and I don't bury these often, so I'm going to take the chance. Finishes to matches. I'm normally like, oh, it's fine, you know, they kind of, they done it the right way, they protected this, they protected that. I'm normally trying to defend finishes of matches. Well, we had T-Bar getting pinned clear, cleanly for Ank Retribution's second or third match. Completely jobbed them out to the Hurt Business. And I know they kind of had the Fiend interfering. Just don't have them anywhere near the Fiend. That's the, you know, if you've got Retribution and the Fiend on the same show, I know uh, people are going to be like, just don't put them in the same show. But if you've got them in the same show, don't have them in the opening segment of the season premiere because you're going to need to make one of them look weak. And they really made Retribution look weak. They they killed their momentum before they'd done that full hacker storyline thing and it just made me no interested in it. T-Bar, for a start, shouldn't be taking a pinfall loss in any world right now. Uh, annoyingly, he sold it really well. He sold the full Nelson really well. Sorry, it wasn't even a pinfall loss. He tapped out. Oh, <laughs> that was That's what made it worse. Uh, he tapped out to the, the full Nelson by Bobby Lashley and then... And this is the same man that passed out and wouldn't tap out against Karrion Cross not yep. two months ago. Yet when it wasn't, you know, one of the most dominant looking figures in wrestling, wrestling right now. Uh, but they had that happen and then they had uh, The Fiend come in and just annihilate everybody. And the most annoying argument, I put up a wee moan about this where it was like things you didn't need to do. And I said like one man demolishing everybody. And somebody replied to me and said, well, The Fiend isn't a man, he's an entity. And I was like, no, that's the shitest argument I've ever heard for that <laughs> being a thing. Absolutely horrendous. Um, so that, but the other one is, as well, you know, WWE, they, they go back to the well so often. We had Keith Lee losing via pinfall, which I don't hate that much. I don't like it. He lost to Braun Strowman after being low-blowed by being head-butted in the balls. Um, and then we went back to that old well that WWE go back to. We know how they love low-blows and, and continuous low-blow contests. Much like the New Japan match mentioned earlier, except a little bit higher up with Keith Lee then retaliate by kicking Braun Strowman in the nuts. And it just looks like we're going to go back to this uh, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura oh. thing we had two years ago, where it's going to all be nut shots left, right and centre. We're a cup. It's, it's a, a, it's and a I know big I've, game of Rochambeau in WWE. Uh, <laughs> you tournament. That's what they should do in WWE. Get, get I'll Ricky kick you in the nuts in. as hard as I can. You kick me as hard as you can. That's and, it. I've ran through a load of berries, but it's worth noting that um, Lana yet again went through the announce table. Hey! So, so continuity <laughs> again. Um, and the, the last put over, 
this I really difficult one because there wasn't that much on the show that was good. I quite liked the Otis stuff, although they, I should maybe put over WWE for recycling because Alexa Bliss wore a Freddy Krueger gear for NXT again uh, three years later in the Firefly Funhouse segment. So obviously they're you know reusing clothes rather than this disposable uh, fashion thing we hear about now. However, they've done that again because um, I was going to say Odog the Great. That was Grado's uh, luchador name. El, uh, what was his name? El Grand Gordo. That was El Grand Gordo was Otis's name. Although we still don't know if it was Otis or not. It was just a man who looked a lot like Otis, holding that money in the bank lunchbox. But uh, he was using the same mask as we've seen Diona Perrazzo, Mickey James and Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss all wear. And Brian Kendrick, all of them have wore that mask on WWE television over the past however many years. So at least they're recycling stuff. Uh, but the serious last put over is the fact that they gave Elias a full production and a full gig for his, uh, you know, <laughs> when he kills him time, have Elias out there playing two and a half, almost three songs with a full band. Why? see it behind me. That was the full thing that he had. He had the kiss lighting behind him. That is fucking, it looks his, but two and a half, pyro. three songs. Aye, they had pyro, they had everything. And I said at the start of the show, I'm really glad we've got Bray Wyatt and Elias back on Raw because if you want to break up a three-hour show, put one of their segments in. I didn't expect it to be three songs, full gig pretty much, Elias. <laughs> but it was really good. Um, and, and, you know, I've kind of took the piss by mentioning more biddies and putovers than I normally do. But it's fine because I'm going to relinquish my match of the night because there wasn't one. So there you go. (laughs) Can we also quickly put over that documentary Elias did in kayfabe where he talked about his music career like about two years ago because that was (laughs) terrific also. And played an actual gig in Bourbon Street uh, before the New Orleans WrestleMania as well. Just randomly showed up to a bar no announced at all and got on for an open mic gig so i just elias elias is brilliant that's uh if there was one takeaway i mentioned this last week the ricochet eddie guerrero cell was the one takeaway for raw if there was one this week it's that elias is brilliant but most people do that anyway <laughs> if he was only as good at wrestling as he was uh doing all the shtick around oh it. come on I, wrestling it's not about the wrestling do, do, do you know do you know what i think it's really a, a shame because you'd never see how good elias is in the ring because you never gets the chance to do it really he had two superb matches one with Roman Reigns and one with John Cena like three years ago that's and then we've right. just never really seen much of him again because they don't give him that platform but again that's right. if he's entertaining enough I guess he doesn't need to be in the ring right. <laughs> he was, I read um, what isn't in the news this week we'll get onto the news in a minute but I did read that he was set to face Cena at 36 that was meant to be the match it was apparently also set to face the Undertaker at Super Showdown so Poor Elias, eh? Instead, we got Undertaker versus Goldberg, the instant classic we will be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, Buddy Instant Putovers done for this week. Rico, thanks very much, mate. Thanks for coming on. We need to get you back on again. Good hustle. Well, cheers, yeah, absolute pleasure. Uh, nice to meet you guys as well. Yeah, you too, man. And thank you very much. Thanks very much for listening to Wrestling Daft. Remember, if you want to get any buddies and putovers in for Rabbit and Grado, you can do that. It'll be up on our Twitter now. Get us at Wrestling Daft. Get us on Insta, Wrestling Daft Podcast, just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, or get signed up to the Patreon uh, to get Patreon priority on your buddies and putovers. Patreon.com forward slash Wrestling Daft.
Guys, I need to tell you about ExpressVPN. This, now, you've all used a VPN, I'm pretty sure, Alex. I'm certainly looking at you for using VPNs. Uh, you use them to unlock movies, shows that are only available in other countries. That's a primar primary use. Have you ever used a VPN to check out shows in other countries, from other countries, on Netflix? I, I have recently learned the value of them because, you know, John, I am a fan of a band called Daughtry. Yes. I am... Um, found out about a show called The Masked Singer, which I know a lot of people in the UK will know. Grado has yep. spoken about it uh, on yep. the main show. Um, but I found out about that because Daughtry being part of that show a couple of seasons ago was on Facebook because they announced that he had been on the show after it had aired. Went back and had to watch all the seasons, but had seen a load of the spoilers. So now using a VPN to uh, watch the show as it airs in America. Yeah, I remember using one as well to check out when I think it was Mad Men. Um, it only went up to a certain amount of series in the UK, but then in Spain, they also had the additional series on the Spanish Netflix. So I used a VPN to go and check out the Spanish Netflix and used it that. But yeah, this is this is what you used a VPN for. Um, basically, a VPN, an expertly express VPN, lets you change your online location so you can control where you want sites to think you're located you just open the app set a location tap one button to connect and refresh the page to access thousands of new shows movies so you can check out stuff uh, that's on netflix in america australia spain is added and um, basically you're supercharging your netflix and you can choose from a hundred different countries so like on the canadian netflix you've got the dark knight on there you can watch um fresh prince of bel-air i think you can see the full thing on the australian netflix so you can do that all just by signing up for express vpn you can also get use hulu bbc iplayer youtube all the stuff through it as well so why should you choose express vpn over other VPNs, that's what I hear you cry, Alex. Uh, well, you can stream in HD, no problem, there's no buffering or lag. It's compatible with all devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. And not only does it let you change your location, it also encrypts your data and lets you surf the web web safely and anonymously. And we've got a little offer here at Wrestling Daft. We can give you three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. Just sign up for a year and we'll give you three months for free on us. So support the podcast and get signed up now, expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling. That's expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling. Get three months for free on us and you can check out Netflix from all across the world. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's the wrestling. News with inside the ropes, Gary Cassidy. Aye, aye, aye. It's been a quiet week. Has it been busy? 
It's not, has it? It's not, there's not been, I was looking like, we usually have like a big discussion at the show about things that have been happening. I think it's just because we're in that kind of period of no pay-per-view, we're in a, a kind of death, uh, well, I went through loads of pay-per-views and now we're kind of in a, a kind of fallow period between pay-per-views at the moment. So it's well, been, there's, there's two this weekend, we've got Bound for Glory and Hell in a Cell. Well, exactly, we'll talk about those at the end of the show today. But what have you got for us this week, Gary? So I ever since will report last week for Cultaholic that Eva Marie was going to return, just the other news has lived up to that news. So, um, <laughs> so it's a bit, of, a bit of a slow week, sadly. However, and here is where we mention a name and source a name who has never actually been sourced, uh, and I am gritting my teeth to do it. Um, Becky Lynch was backstage last week at Raw, and this was first reported by Ringside News. Oh no! Yep. yep. So, but you need to give you need to give them their due if they reported it first. Then they reported it first, uh, and I can say they've been accurate in the past. It's mainly the way they go about their other business and the inaccurate stuff they cloud it that accurate stuff with. That's the problem. Uh, but they reported it first, corroborated by our good friend Alex McCarthy of Talk Sport. And after this, you can kind of see where I'm I'm gonna go here. If if um, once a year I'm gonna say you might see why I'm prefacing that, that this news came out first and then the anonymous Paul Davis from WrestlingNews.co that we've mentioned before, who again, I can't tell you if they're legit or if they're not legit. I, all I can tell you is I've no idea who they are. No wrestling journalist I know knows who they are. Um, they do not have any social media presence, but they do put out some exclusives now and again. They have said that um, next year's WrestleMania we are building to Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. Now, Ronda Rousey has been training uh, recently. She's been in the ring with James Storm. What uh, the with... hell? Yep. So James Storm was meant to actually return to WWE. I don't know if anyone saw his recent interview with Ryan Satin. Yeah. Apparently, there have been talks for him to return. Uh, no idea what capacity. There's obviously always been this thing because it was in NXT for a little bit. People thought he was going to sign full time and then he ended up back at Impact. He ended up in ICW. You know, that the brilliant match that's now on the WWE Network with him and Ravey Davey. Uh, absolutely amazing match. Uh, so, you know, I'd love to see James Storm back in WWE. No idea what the training with Ronda Rousey thing is. Don't know if they're just good friends, if they live, you know, kind of locally or anything like that. But you know, Ronda Rousey and I believe Travis Brown, is that her husband's name? That's yeah. UFC. Yeah. Uh, we're training with James Storm. And yeah, this this news coincidentally came out after all of that, that uh, apparently WWE are planning to have Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch next year. It's the kind of thing that, I mean, if both of them are available, of course that's going to be the plan. It's the same with The Rock and Roman Reigns. If The Rock's available, of course it's the plan because it's, a, it's the biggest match you can have. Yeah. We'll wait and see. Um, but Dave Meltzer, well... First, second, or third favorite journalist. I'm beginning to lose count as to what the league table third. is in terms of. Third. Yeah, I think he's still third. He's behind Sean Ross Sapp and Alex McCarthy, I believe. Um, it depends so, if you want to put him in front of Kenny. I mean, he's your boss. So uh, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny strides the journalism line. He's more entrepreneur slash interviewer. <laughs> uh, but um, I so Dave Meltzer commented and says that she was expected to wrestle at WrestleMania 37. Again, I, I, as a dad of two kids. There is no fucking way that Ronda Rousey, after having a baby, is she due December, I think? Oh, no, Becky, Becky Lynch Becky, is due sorry, December. Be- Becky Lynch, and, Becky Lynch. 
there is no fucking way after having a baby in December is she going to be ready to wrestle. At that is Seth Rollins' kid. That thing is going to crossfit out of Becky Lynch <laughs> than the doctor will be able to get it out. It'll be like a 30-second labour. It'll be great. It gets worse. The, the, the WrestlingNews.co report um, has Becky Lynch returning in January. Shut up. I, I think she's I think she's due in December. There is, she has due in December, yeah. There's no Oh she'll come back. Rhonda will enter the rumble and she'll come back and she'll stand on the ramp and she'll point to the sign because that's how you build a WrestleMania match. There's I mean no if it happens if it happens, I will be amazed, but I will like it if it does happen. Um I'm veering more on the side of we don't even know what form WrestleMania is gonna take next year yet. I think Becky Lynch has been very open in interviews about she will wait until she becomes a mother to decide what she's going to do. I think people are adding two and two together because she was backstage. Yeah, Of course, you know, being backstage isn't a big thing. Seth Rollins is still in the company. She's exactly. always really well liked in the company. I don't think it's a big deal personally, but I'm happy to be proven wrong on it. Nah, bollocks. I'm, I'm, call, I'm calling it Paul Davis. <laughs> I'm calling it Paul Davis. Paul Davis clearly doesn't have children, clearly hasn't been with someone who has had children because there's no fucking way as a mother you return to a wrestling ring after three months with, with the child because she'll be fucked and there's no way she'd be able to train because you're up all night with the baby. So, Paul Davis, you're talking shite. Um, let's move on to probably someone who talks a bit more sense, Mr. Dave Meltzer, who is reporting. And we, we, we had a bet on this. I think, I think... I called Raw Underground would end in a month. Alex, I think you had it going for the longest, or was it Gary? You had two I think months. Me and Gary I, had, I think I had three-ish, yeah, two-ish, three months. I oh, had, what so we I at? What we at then? We were at two, or we at three? I, I think it's. I think it was about six or eight weeks. I think it was a, a decent amount. Right, I think it was okay. probably two-ish months. I think Alex is probably nailing the right, head Alex, there. Yeah, so what's um, Big Dave saying? It could be over. Aye. Um, <laughs> so this is one that. I'd actually reached out about last week because, you know, we hadn't seen Raw Underground for a couple of weeks. Without delving too much into it, there are a lot of people in a confined space in Raw Underground, not socially distancing, not all people that are WWE employees. And we know there's been outbreaks in Florida. Um, so it did get mentioned last week during the draft. They mentioned Raw has drafted Daba Kato from Raw Underground. Raw has drafted Arturo Ruaz from Raw Underground, and all the people that were in Raw Underground got drafted back to Raw. So it's a bit of an odd one because it's not happened for now three weeks. Jordan Obogbehan, who is the bouncer for Raw Underground, is now on TV in a different role. He's AJ Styles' bodyguard, seemingly. Dave Meltzer was the first to report that it's for now considered done. No segments taped since September 21st very specifically um, to put it that way to show you how long it's not been on TV it's almost a month since the last one appeared um, and yeah Dave Meltzer also added to that that the concept won't return because the company wants to keep NXT and main roster talent apart as much as possible because of the coronavirus outbreak um, so yeah it's a, a bit of that and again Paul Davis for Wrestling News added to this saying that Vince McMahon was never fully on board oh, Paul Davis is talking shite again <laughs> John may or may not reflect my inner feelings there. Uh, easy kind of thing to report after it's happened, you know. <laughs> oh, Vince wasn't on board. It's easy Vince to say that after Vince. it's been canned, you know. You Vince has signed off that idea because he he wanted to get it, and then he's just got bored of it. That's what's happened. I would personally ask where that report was in the last eight weeks when it was happening. 
Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, but so apparently it's no longer a thing. This kind of goes hand in hand with stuff that I've been told but not reported because I've not had enough on to report uh, that, you know, the recent NXT outbreak, which seen classes cancelled, seen seminars cancelled and stuff like that, might be partially responsible for Raw Underground no longer being a thing. But again, I've not got enough, so it would merely be speculation if I was to put something out like that. But Dave Meltzer is obviously not speculating because he's Dave Meltzer. Um, so he has said that, yeah, Raw Underground, done for now. We'll wait and see if it comes back in the future. I think there's a chance it might because, I mean, I mentioned that we've already got all those superstars from Raw Underground on Raw, so they might bring it back. And what are they going to do with Dolph Ziggler otherwise? <laughs> and, uh, oh, no, he's on SmackDown now. Aye, he's on SmackDown, but we've got um, Eric and Ivar. Ivar, not Eric. Eric is the one that's not injured. We've got him, we've got Arturo Ruaz, we've got, uh, what's his name? Other guy, uh, Daba Kato, Baba yeah. uh, We've got him as well, so we'll wait and see. But I, Dave Meltzer saying it's not happening, at least for now. Well done, Alex, you won. Um, two months. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, Vice TV have announced there's going to be a third season of Dark Side of the Ring. We love This it. makes up for Glow. This makes up for Glow. <laughs> and it's, only about equally as grim in terms of content and uh, parts. <laughs> so I, th- th- this is one, again, it's been rumoured for a wee while. I think Dave Meltzer actually reported on this a couple of weeks ago as well, but it's been rumoured for a while. Um, you know, the last two seasons have been pretty successful. Uh, everybody's been talking about it. Chris Jericho was a big part of season two. Yeah, he narrated half the show. He narrated maybe all of them, actually. Yeah, did not? yeah he did, yeah. Yeah, um, so... There you go. No surprise it's back, but Vice have confirmed it now. So it is back. 14 episodes. Uh, next year it'll be back. <sighs> Again, this is it's a bit of a tricky one because, you know, season one had a lot of really controversial stories. Season two, I'm like, I'm not sure how many other controversial stories we've got left in wrestling. And Did you watch the Jimmy Snooker one? Uh, then Jesus. It's wrestling and oh man, there is no but way. There's now the, the one, like, I mean, we had one a couple of weeks ago with Pillman and stuff as well. So, I mean, everything's just, just opening up. Man, I think they've got endless amounts of content now if they want to keep going with it. I was like, I don't know how much longer we can go with it. And then I realised that, oh no, wait, there's a load they of must, They must have enough. If they're going to do 14 episodes, that's a lot to commit to. That's the, what, they've done eight and six. So that's essentially double the amount that they've done up to now. So they must have content in line and ready for that. Yep, there's also like a, a journalist I know for Twitter who is really, really like he's he's brilliant in terms of reporting on like courtroom stuff. He's done a lot of stuff on the the Matt Riddle court case that's about the now uh, called David Bixenspan. He does a lot of stuff with Fightful. He is a researcher for the most recent season, and you know he is brilliant at research. I would say almost second to none for research on cases like this. So I think season three could be even better than one and two. Um, actually, recently plug for myself and I'm sure we'll hear this interview in coming weeks on the show recently interviewed Marshall and Ross Von Eric and asked them about being part of Dark Side of the Ring that I think was a brilliant episode obviously the Chris Benoit stuff you know pretty harrowing to watch but really really good you know stuff if you want to delve deep into documentaries that cover that kind of thing I don't think we've heard anything about the topics that are going to be part of season three yet I'm not sure if they've released any of that information but Man, if it's anything like the first two, it's going to be some uh, some pretty grim stuff. But man, it's the kind of stuff that we all want to watch, you know. Over the past couple of years, Netflix has made a living off of documentaries about grim proceedings in the US. So 
Why not bring it into wrestling? There's a lot of stories to tell. Apart, What's on your wish list, gents? What's on your wish list? Well, I've, Dave Meltzer apparently got a couple, Gary, that he was, oh. that is potentially a dynamite kid, apparently is going to uh, feature. Uh, Grizzly Smith, I'm not aware of his work. Uh, the no. Collision and Career Show of 1995. Um, and David Arquette has popped up from out of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> man, the Nick Gage one. Nick Gage, oh. Nick Gage, yeah. Did you guys see that match by any chance? Yep. And I am more convinced oh. after watching that documentary that he is like mentally unwell. <laughs> yeah, that was. I don't was... think David Arquette should be in a ring. I think David Arquette should should get himself checked out for something. I don't think he's ever really recovered from that first world title win and everything that came with it. See, I quite like the. I, I definitely respect the guy, but I really like the fact they did get back in the ring because they just wanted yeah. to prove people wrong. However, getting into a death match with Nick Gage maybe wasn't the way to do that. Well, That's the most extreme well, way you can do it. But it was an interesting. It. it was an interesting build, wasn't it? Because he had this like an initial match and these like backdoor wrestling where he kind of yep. went back to basics and he tried to, I don't know, make up to the industry that he feel he damaged back in the day. So it's it's, it's a heartwhelming story with some fucking gruesome, gruesome results, you know. Man, and just that, I think you can see if people go back and watch that match before the, before they see the Vice documentary, you can see. When the initial incident happens in the match, Arquette just tries to get out of there. It gets out, but then, like, I've got so much respect for him for doing it because I wouldn't be fucking doing it. It goes back in. You can see the, the wheels yeah. turning. It goes back in to finish the match, and it's like, man, you're a head case. What are you, yeah. what are you doing? That's it. I mean, there's one thing wanting to prove everybody wrong and, uh, you know, show that you actually can provide value to the wrestling industry that you might think you've taken away from it in the past. It's another thing wanting to stay alive. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I look forward to that one when it comes on Vice. Uh, and as usual, thanks very much for the news, Gary. Ah, here we go, once again on Fancy Booking Island. We're all enjoying a cocktail with one of those little umbrellas in it. Of course, we're all socially distanced. Um, you can't get to the pub, so this is the only place we can drink, really. Um, last week, we were challenged to book an inter-promotional draft um, between picking from Impact, AEW, and WWE. Um, I went for Impact, I went for Reigns, Jericho and Rousey, AEW went for Charlotte, Sasha and Cesaro, um, and went for WWE to pick the Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers, Motor City, Machine Guns. Alex kind of misunderstood the rules a wee bit and he only had two picks for each one. He went for Impact. Made more sense. Right, he went for Impact, Joey Janela and Cesaro. Uh, AEW, he picked out Charlotte and Sue Young and WWE, it was MGF and Moose. And Gary went for Impact picking Miro, AJ Styles and bringing back Sanity. AEW picking Charlotte, Rhea Ripley and Jordan Grace. And WWE, he went for the Motor City Machine Guns, the Rascals and Darby Allen. But who won the vote? Let's just update. You can vote on this. I, I bet you com. someone that put Charlotte in AEW. <laughs> you can vote on Fantasy Booking Island if you stay up to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. And by an absolute ball here, just a couple of votes in it. It was myself that won the booking. Oh. Uh, I thought you were going to say by a landslide there, and I was going. Come on, the bookings weren't that different. <laughs> yeah, certainly, um, Gary, you were in second place. And Alex, because he fucked it, only got two votes. So, um, yeah. 
Uh, right, okay, and so let's move on to this week's booking. And as winner, obviously, I get to pick who goes first. And I'll let you into hand. I haven't even thought of this because I completely forgot because it only came in today. So I will be going last on this one. Uh, but the booking this week comes from Andrew Kozlowski. Kozlowski, I think that's how you pronounce your new, uh, name, Andrew. Um, he says, how about you bring back any WWE legend or legends in their prime to the current roster? and book the road to WrestleMania, starting with their debut at Survivor Series 2020. Male, female, tag team, or faction in their prime to be booked in the modern era. Alex, I'll let you go first. And your three minutes start now. Okay, so we have the big reveal of the fifth member of Team Raw. The music hits, and it's sleazy as fuck. And out come... Val Venus rocking the porn star gimmick <laughs> in 2020. Now everyone is going to be like, what? This just doesn't really seem okay. He's got the towel, he does the dance, he comes down to the ring and he's all like baby oiled up so they get a couple of comedy spots out of him and then he's eliminated. So from here, we're essentially going to go down the gimmick trail of just essentially him doing lots of things risque and then being told off by Kevin Dunn and then consistently being censored, consistently being kicked by all the females until eventually he ends up in a match with Lacey Evans because Lacey Evans is the Southern gentlewoman and she's all prim and proper and she does not like how he behaves. So Lacey Evans beats him with a single, single woman's right. And the next week we have the return of Val Venus right to censor. No! Thing, the world right. And he chases back all anyone who does something wrong. And this final match he will get into for WrestleMania will be him versus... Mustafa Ali of Retribution because right to censor versus retribution and that I have no reason behind it. <laughs> I just didn't have an ending and that's what I've come to. But yes, right to censor, Val Venus back in action, kicking ass. Decent, decent, like it. Gary, what you got? So I had actually preempted you guys' guesses and went for the third option, which we know is never good. Uh, I preempted we were going to get somebody gone for The Rock versus Roman Reigns, you know, (laughs) and also I I thought that because Survival Series get mentioned, we were going to get The Undertaker back and then do that. So I've decided against that. However, I I want to put a wee twist on it. While we've got this person back in their prime, I still want this to be their retirement tour. So I want it to be them being able to wrestle like they're in their prime, but going all the way to WrestleMania, to the retirement match at WrestleMania. And the person I have chosen is Kurt Angle. Because I feel like, it, you know, I love Baron Corbin, but he didn't quite get the retirement that, you know, he should have got. So I've got Kurt Angle just essentially coming back at Survivor Series Let's say Brock Lesnar is the the main event of Survivor Series. We then go to the next pay-per-view. We get uh, Angle versus Brock again, maybe without a shooting star star press because we don't need to see that again. Uh, But we get that match because I think it would still be a brilliant match if Angle was in his prime, especially with the way Lesnar wrestles now and how he sells. We then get just a, a load of good wrestling matches. The first one that comes to mind would be Chad Gable, not Shorty G. We get Chad Gable versus Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble. They, you know, stick them out there for 30 minutes. Ends up with a kind of a, a finish that's not convincing. Next pay-per-view. Well, again, we've only got one in between, actually, so I'm going to cut it short. But the next pay-per-view, we get an Iron Man match between Chad Gable and Kurt Angle. And then the big match we get for the blow-off 
And I know that Kurt Angle said he wants to wrestle Roman Reigns and he wants to wrestle, you know, John Cena, somebody that big. The big blow-off match, the retirement match, I would put uh, Kurt Angle in there, uh, the person I'd put him in there with. I maybe want him on an episode beforehand with Cesaro because he was a close call for this match. But I would put Kurt Angle in there. And again, Chuck him in actually with Drew Gal- Gulak on a Ross Smackdown. But the match I want him in there with, uh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, Kurt Angle, I think having those two at WrestleMania, man, that is just a match I would all love to see. So I got Angle just the most boring uh, booking ever, but just Kurt Angle wrestling a load of good matches. Don't care about storyline. Who cares? Just chuck him in with anybody that can wrestle. Yep, that'll be fine. And you have the porn star going at storyline going on <laughs> up the other side and you've got the whole thing covered. Can I change my booking? Can I have it against The Fiend instead? Because it's uh, like face paint instead of... A, well, you, you can call it a red light district match as well. Oh, yes, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So right, together oh, we can make better booking. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm on board for Angle versus Brian at me. That would be class. Um, I, I just recently watched the Stone Cold uh, Broken Skull sessions with Angle, and he's just he's what a what a wrestler he was, and it just reminds you how actually good he was. And talking TNA Angle as well, he he said himself, he, some you didn't see some of the best work he no. did was in TNA. It, there was one recently watching it. It's, it was TNA, the glory years, 2007 to 2013. That's 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 where wrestling was at that time. There was one recently that went up for Impact account. And I think it happened at Bound for Glory, and that's why they put it up. But it's a Kurt Angle Samoa Joe, and it's like the head butt, and it just busts open Samoa Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. their hardcore match, is it not, when they come out in like the MMA gear and it's in the cape? Yeah, okay. bizarrely though, Kurt Angle is one of the most awkward guys I've ever interviewed, but he's got the most charisma on TV ever, so it's just like, it's such a weird disconnect, but I I just feel like I wish, I wish he had a better retirement, yeah. even yeah. though I love Corbin, I wish he had a better retirement. Okay, I'm going to go for one for you then, um, Rob, starting off at Survivor Series, start the timer, um, Survivor Series, starting off very similar to, to Alex, who is the fifth member of Team Raw, I am a real American. <laughs> Here he comes, no. the Hulk star. No. No. Who goes over no. like the Hulk star? Here no. he is, red and yellow, attired. The shirt's ripping open. It's the old leg drop. Hogan is back and in his pomp, and he is not getting beaten by anyone. He is riding all the way to the Royal Rumble. Um, I think I know where this is going, and I hope it is where I'm McIntyre is getting done over by him. Orton's getting done over him. Hogan is not putting anyone over, because we know what Hogan does. Anyway, it comes to the Royal Rumble. We're down to the last three, which are Hogan, Biggie, and I don't know who else at this point. Let's throw Daniel Bryan. I'll just say Daniel Bryan, right? Okay. So we come to the last three. Biggie fucking puts Hogan out. It's the first time he's had any kind of defeat in WWE. However, we get that whole Sid Hart back to Sid Justice Hogan, where Hogan starts the argument and gets dumped over. Biggie gets dumped over, and Daniel Bryan left, wins the Royal Rumble, goes on to WrestleMania to, to fight, say, let's just say McIntyre, right? However, at WrestleMania, we have Biggie versus Hogan. Biggie fucking does the number on Hogan. 
batters them, absolutely annihilates them. And who's this coming down to the ring to also batter Hogan? It's the rest of the New Day. Hogan gets absolutely battered, absolutely buried at WrestleMania. And there we go, Big E. Can, can I add one final thing to your booking? Can they all stand over his body holding their right fist in the air, please? Yes, let's add that to the booking as well. Yeah, excellent. So, I'm okay with that. There we go. That is my booking. How, uh, Hogan getting buried at WrestleMania by Biggie in the end. So about two seconds after you said Hogan, at first I'm going, why is he saying Hogan? Then I went, ah, Biggie is going to. Yes, <laughs> there you are. There you are. So that is my booking. So there you go. That's the three bookings for this week. You can vote on them right now. Um, get on to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash wrestling battle. Find out who has won next week and you can also get your bookings if there's anything you want to see us book get them into us on the twitter or you can get on our patreon as well gentlemen um let's see who is the victor on fantasy booking island next week so that's it for this week's show please remember to rate review and subscribe on apple wherever you get your podcast we'd very much appreciate if you said something nice with us and uh gave us five stars remember rab and Gradle back on the main show this friday and um, they're talking all sorts of things this week we're talking halloween wrestling puns gary have a think about that because i know you love a pun halloween wrestling. have you ever had a nightmare or a dream about a wrestler um, also looking for your reviews on SummerSlam 2005. And on top of that all as well, list of wrestling daft this week. Alex, this is up your street. We're talking about the worst wrestling gear ever. It was between the best wrestling gear and the worst wrestling gear. And everybody wants us to talk about the worst wrestling gear. There's so much to choose from. I think Rab's going to have to make himself like a big spreadsheet, design categories, scoring systems. I mean, it's, it's, it's a minefield. I hope he's prepared. I hope so too. Um, so that's what's happening on the main show. Have you got? I'll let you think about your um, your Halloween pun, Gary, because I'm sure you've got one up your sleeve. Um, let's look towards two big uh, um, pay per views this weekend. First of all, uh, Hell in a Cell. We've got the updated card right here in front of me. We have Kevin Owens versus. It's not first of all Bound for Glory because it's Bound for Glory. Uh, do you guys could talk about? Let's talk about Bound for Glory. It was Keen Impact, the top villain, making them the last. Okay, no, fair enough. I'm okay with that. I just I know how John likes chronological order, and I just. Oh, let's let's do let's do the Bound for Glory card first, Alex, because I know you two are massive marks for. It's the one I'm staying up for this weekend. I'll tell you that much. Right, okay. Let's run down the card then. Call your shot, Gauntlet match. AC Romero, Brian Meyer. Havoc, uh, Heath Hernandez, Larry D, Rhino, Taya Valkyrie, Tenille Dashwood, Tommy Dreamer, and TBD. Yep, winner gets a shot at um, any uh, any championship they wish. So is Tenille the only woman in it? No, uh, Taya Valkyrie. Oh yeah, uh, Havoc as uh, well. And oh, yeah. oh, and Havoc as well, and maybe TBD. I don't know who TBD is going to be. We don't know who TBD is. That'd be ODB. ODB, they like that. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the impact way. Who's winning, boys? I would like to see uh, Tenille Dashwood win, but we'll wait and see. I was going to say Tenille Dashwood because I All thought right. she was the only woman in the match, so I'm going to stick with that. All right, okay. Uh, next up, Eddie Edwards versus Ken Shamrock with Sammy Callahan. Um, that's going to be an interesting one. I think they'll kind of kick off the proper Edwards, Callahan, hardcore, stupid, well, no, I mean, don't mean stupid, but hardcore rivalry after this is the way I see it. 
Well, on the press pass this week, the impact press pass that they do every week, it is Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards ahead of this match. So I think you are 100% correct. And I know somebody else will get there before me, but I'm going to have to ask about the baseball bat incident because I've already asked Eddie Edwards about it. Uh, but I, I think impact, I keep saying this, they use legends the right way. Uh, they use legends to put over other talent and progress storylines. I'm really excited for this. I think Ken Shamrock doesn't lose much because he's Ken Shamrock. He's been all right. We'll see something. Oh, I he's looked really good. I'm at least surprised really at how okay he still was for more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, EC three versus Moose. <sighs> EC three so surely. EC three just appeared in Ring of Honor, but I think it depends. We know Impact don't have a problem with putting a title on somebody that's not exclusively contracted to them because Diona Perazzo. So I think it will be EC three. Is it even a recognised title still? Or is they not no, just... No, it's, it's like the FTW. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like the FTWI. Um, we've got a six-way intergender scramble match for the Impact X Division Championships. Rohit Yaju, Chris Bay, Jordan Grace, TJP, Trey and Willie Mack. So I'd love to see Jordan Grace win it, but I think she's in there as a foil because she won it this week, but then it turned out that it wasn't a title match. I would love to see her win it. But I've got a feeling that it's either going to be TJP or I think Rohit Raju might keep the title because he's been absolutely brilliant. He's someone that, for anybody that doesn't watch Impact, you know, the word jobber is a strong term, but he is someone that was nowhere near being, like, recognised as a proper, legitimate wrestler for years on Impact, but he was always there, always putting in the work. And then when they hired all these amazing ex-WWE superstars, they put the title on Rohit Raju. So, <laughs> so I think they might keep it on him because he's been loyal to the company. Really good, really talented guy. So uh, that's one of the least predictable matches in the card. But I think a lot of the matches are really unpredictable on the card. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, TJP could suggest a bigger working relationship with New Japan as well as he's been pretty heavily featured on New Japan Strong on Friday nights yep. in America too. There we go then. Uh, this is going to be a cracker. The Motor City Machine Guns versus the Good Brothers versus the North versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton uh, for the tag belts. That'll be bloody match of the night and I am Aye, so that's, happy. That's my match of the night. Fucking guns <laughs> yeah. are back. Like, I'm, you can't, I will always go the Motor City Machine Guns. And good, and good brothers are getting the titles. Yeah, I would, I would suspect <laughs> that it's going that way as well. Uh, Diana Perazzo versus Kylie Ray. That's going to be brilliant. I think they're going to put the title on Kylie Ray. Um, but I'd like Diona Parazzo to keep it, but I think they're going to put it on Kylie Ray. I think that's maybe the right decision as well. She's yeah. their next big female face, yeah. I think, really, isn't it? Yeah. And finally, championship match, Eric Young versus Rich Swan. Eric Young retains. I, I want him to retain. I really hope he does, but I'm not sure. Like, There's been a lot of storyline behind that I... Rich Swan build. Like a lot. <clears throat> it's been like six months since that initial retirement angle. And so... I think they might put it on Rich Swan. First. Yep, well, they had Rich Swan uh, essentially cost Eric Young on his return to to Impact, cost him the title, and then they had it go as far as Eric Young almost making Rich Swan have to retire with injuries, and then it's been like a, a wee kind of nice secondary story behind the title picture. I think they could put it on Rich Swan. I'm, 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 I don't think I'm, Young needs the title. No, like, I exactly. I when he came back, but. But I, I think the best thing about Bound for Glory is 
I'm struggling to predict any of the matches. I think anything could happen at it, and I love Impact, so <laughs> so we'll wait and see what happens. Well, let's move on to WWE's big pay-per-view this weekend, Hell in a Cell. We've talked about so many times why it should probably not be a, a pay-per-view on its own, but here we are. Really? Um, oh, Jesus Christ, and we're going back to the well in a lot of these matches. <laughs> uh, Kevin Owens versus Alistair Black. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Meh. I hope Black gets a win, actually, because it's been the, the legend of Alistair Black definitely got quashed annoyingly i think this match is not going to live up to the match they had on raw last week because their match on raw last week was fantastic but i don't really care what way it goes it's one of the ones i just hope they get given time if it on a good match yeah i, I, I don't think they will um, no, dominic now, dominic mysterio versus seth rollins versus murphy's been booked i didn't know this had oh been booked. no i don't know that was a thing but gives murphy something to do spices up the rollins uh, the Rollins Mysterio feud, which probably just needs to end now, really doesn't it? But Murphy going over? Maybe they might give they might start the Rollins Murphy stuff now and allow Dominic to siphon elsewhere. Uh, yeah. I think that's probably a good idea. Maybe have that as um have that as the maybe Rollins and Murphy team up on Dominic for the full match, and then Murphy steals the pinfall and we get Rollins v. Yeah, Aye, um, Murphy. Hardy versus Elias just announced last night on Raw. Um... I think Hardy will win, but I want Elias to win. I think Elias might win. I, I think this might be a longer feud than just this week, yeah. so I don't think it matters who wins because the other person will win the next match anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it's I think it's Elias um, going over on that one. Uh, hell into the Hell in the Cell match. Uh, we've got Bailey versus Sasha Banks. This is probably the most intriguing uh, match in the card. I would say. well maybe. Uh, what do you think? The weird thing about it is the fact that the Hell in the Cell is normally the blow-off match, but you can't imagine this being the end of their rivalry. You wouldn't think, would you? I mean, I'm, no. I you thought it's not being a non-stupid non-finish. They like break the cage and fucking end up somewhere. Do like... you do you think someone takes the bump through the cage? No, no, I think it's and be they, like they put them out injured. They put them out injured until wrestling. No, they've done that before. With, they've done that with Sasha. Was it last year against? Becky Lynch and done the full Mick Foley angle with the getting stretched out, but then coming back yeah, they, against Charlotte two years ago. Yeah, they did so, the one with two uh, years I, ago when it was Sasha's home crowd and and then Charlotte beat the SHIT out of her before the match. Yeah, I, I great think match. great match, I, terrific, great match. Actually, I think a, I think I, I think a funny bugger finish with Bailey retaining and then putting one out to injure till WrestleMania. Or could like I I, I wouldn't be surprised for Bailey to bring a new like wee lackey in. Uh, they, they need to do something, I think. I mean, my ideal scenario here is they have just Sasha win. Maybe not the cleanest of matches. But I don't have want Sasha, Sasha win. to win yet. I think you no, you, you I, I, you'd probably keep that for the crowd. I, I, uh, and I think Bailey is uh, very close to Shane Helms' record of the longest with any belt, uh, longest run with any belt. So I guess they might break that. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, other Hell in Cell matches, we have um, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre. We see it every time. It is Randy Drew's going to lose, guys. Drew's finally going to win the title. I don't know, because like, I'm now thinking they might do Styles versus Drew, and I think Styles versus Drew would be really good, which would push them out a little bit longer. So, the, I don't know. It's time to put it on Orton. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was time three months ago. Says the yeah. Scottish wrestling yeah. journalist, the man who's known for two things, being a wrestling journalist and being Scottish, and he's telling them to take it off the Scotland. <laughs> Scotland. Uh, Scotland, Gary. 
I mean, I would love it if they, it's, um, they've mentioned this last night. It's Drew's first Hell in a Cell match. It's Randy Orton. Who knows how many's Hell in a Cell match. Um, I would love them to keep it on Drew, but I think it's a better story if they put it on Randy Orton. Although, the one thing I would say about that, I think it's a bit too late. I think the Randy Orton flame is diminishing yeah. ever so slightly now. I think it would have been much better if they'd done it. With who, the who, who, did, who did he go into feud after, after this? Randy Orton. It would probably have to be Bean? Edge, and I don't really want this. Like, there's not really many other ex- Keith Lee, maybe, but he's just lost to Braun Strowman. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee, I am uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm saying Randy Orton as well, but who knows? We, we say it every time, <laughs> but I uh, like you say, the flame... Drew get Wade Barrett on the main roster. We, uh, we, and finally, uh, Roman Reigns versus Jay in an I quit match in Hell in the Cell. I... I don't think anyone needs to answer this question. No, nah, I don't think there needs to be an answer. But I think there might we know be who wins it, But annoyingly, I think we're gonna get something happening after the match. Oh, yeah, certain someone that also delivers a spear uh, who's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Who's oh, Aye, no. uh, and I hope it doesn't happen. But that's my fear for this. Well, match. he might, he might retire him. I'd be okay with that. Aye, but. but if, I, how are they going to get people to cheer for Goldberg in that scenario? I think it's there's no crowds. Hard. Perfect, perfect scenario. <laughs> By piping they have noise. A Goldberg soundbite, mate. The Goldberg soundbite's all they need. I hope they'd mix it up with the Grado soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's Hell in a Cell. We'll see how your predictions get on next week, guys. It's been a long one, um, but thanks very much for uh, listening. Thanks very much for tuning into us. Remember, you can catch up with us. All the stuff that you need, to, you can get us on our Twitter. We're always updating in there at Wrestling Daft uh, and Facebook Wrestling daft as well remember get the patreon patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft we can check out the video version and get yourself a t-shirt as well why not shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft alex the big question is have we had 100 followers for you no i don't think i've broken 90 and i didn't check until about you said that oh well never mind get alex to 100 the campaign i mean i also did get a new phone and it took me about four days to remember that i hadn't signed into twitter until someone else sent me it like a random link (laughs) I mean, the only reason I have it is my mate sends me Twitter links quite often, and it's a pain when you don't have an account. There you go. Uh, And where can we get you, Gary, for all the latest info from Inside the Ropes? Yep, just Wrestling Gary, where I'm shilling all the interviews I've done for the past couple of weeks. And I've got a few more uh, coming soon, but... Aye, a few of them are on the back burner. We'll wait and see what happens. Next week on this show, you can hear Gary's chat with DDP. Uh, so make sure you tuned in for the show next week. Uh, we've got an hour of DDP to edit down, first of all, however. So uh, you know, be... he always promises that someone else is going to be doing something on next week's show and never himself, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and get Alex's new features on the next week's show as well. That's We look forward to that. WrestleMind the Buzznocks. I like that you had to look down to say that um, the name is winning so far. It will it's be. got high standards to live up to because everybody loves uh, to the Japanese. Japanese. Who it's doesn't got, like high wrestling music and who doesn't like quizzes? So, I mean, what, what <laughs> more could you ask for? Look forward to that next week. Uh, so that's it for the Marks. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.